Well, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in hope, in life, and death, we trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to be together in this place. And for all of our friends uh, that join us online today, may the Lord bless them all in whatever conditions they find themselves. If they are by themselves, if they're in sickness, wherever they are, may the Holy Spirit of God bring great comfort to them in these days. And Lord, we thank you for this time we have to celebrate together in fellowship with you. So Lord, today we ask that you might speak to our hearts and that the Holy Spirit of God would move among us in such a way that we would remember your greatness today. We thank you for your glorious greatness. We thank you for your amazing kindness to us and love. And so may we sense and know from the Word of God today and gain the truths that would help us to live each day of our life to serve and to glorify God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here today. And uh, we're continuing in our series, How Great Is Our God. All of our boys and girls, many of our boys and girls, uh, moms and dads are bringing their uh, children here. And boys and girls, we're glad you're here. And a lot of them have shared with me that they're bringing their Bible. And that is really good, boys and girls. So let's all find our place in the New Testament. Go to the New Testament and find your place in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And I want to encourage the boys and girls and the students and the uh, all-age adults, always bring your Bible to church. It will help you as we study God's Word together, and we can follow along and look at what God has to say to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, so find your place there. We're going to especially spend our time in verse number 9, uh, but we're going to read together in just a moment the first nine verses. It's a blessing to see you today, and may the Lord bless you. And all of you who are joining us, God bless you. We know how, where many of you are today, I've spoken with you, and God bless you. And we pray God's best for you today uh, in your circumstances. Well, let's stand together now. We've had time to find this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, as we stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. And I'm going to read the first paragraph of 1 Corinthians 1, as Paul wrote to this church at Corinth to encourage them and to remind them of God's greatness in their life as a result of being saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1. Paul, called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in Him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now here's our focus for today, verse number 9. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Heavenly Father, we stand with the Word of God in our hands. May the Word of God in our hands, may the Word of God come to be in our heart and in our minds. May we today rejoice, praise You, honor You, and glorify You for Your greatness in faithfulness to us every single day of our life, regardless of our circumstances. We glorify You for Your great faithfulness to us today. Teach us now from Your Word, and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher to instruct and encourage us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Again, keep your Bibles open. I want to make some comments back to the verses preceding verse number 9. You'll want to follow along. First of all, what does verse 9 say to us as we continue to consider the greatness of God? Well, today our focus is this. God is great in faithfulness. God is great in faithfulness. This word faithful can be dependable, reliable, certain, sure, solid. All of those things have to do with faithfulness, God's faithfulness. And in a time where faithfulness is rather rare among people and where faithfulness doesn't always last in marriages and in relationships and and in other places, we see today, my friends, that we have to look up. We have to, by faith, come to remember that God is faithful even when we ourselves and everyone else is unfaithful. So today, I want to stand and glorify God and honor Him and honor the Lord Jesus Christ for His great faithfulness to us. So that's what we'll think about today, His great faithfulness. And I hope you'll be encouraged by that but also challenged by that. So a couple of questions as we begin. When was the last time, I've, I've asked you this each week as we talk about the various characteristics of God's greatness. When was the last time, my friend, you considered God's faithfulness? If you haven't in a while, that's okay. Now I'm calling your attention to it. When was the last time you considered how faithful God has been to you? Just go back in your mind. Think about all the things in the past. Think about all the deliverances, God. Think about all the provision of God. Think about all the things that God has done for you personally in your life. Sometimes surprising you. Sometimes doing things because you've asked Him by prayer. But God has been faithful to you regardless of the circumstances of your life. He's been faithful to you at times when you've been unfaithful to Him. He remains faithful even when we're unfaithful. So I want you, I want to first of all challenge you and stir you today to consider God's great faithfulness for you personally, individually. Look, He's been great and faithful to us when we were lost in our sins. He's been great and faithful to us when we've fallen back and gone back to carnality as Christians. When was the last time you considered God's faithfulness? Another question that goes with it is this. Have you experienced, you see, as you recognize the faithfulness of God in your life, there will come the emotion of assurance to you. Do you know today, and I'm, I'm asking this as a personal matter in your life, 
Do you know personally the experience of God's assurance in your life because of His faithfulness in your life? You have an assurance. You have a security. No matter what your circumstances, if you've gotten the bad news from the doctors or you've, uh, you've come through some uncertain time in your life in some kind of relationship, something's going on in your life you don't know. Do you today live in the midst of an uncertain world with the assurance that God has been faithful to you? Well, that's the way God intends for us to live, my friends. When you walk by faith and you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you live in full assurance that God will be faithful to you every day of your life. And finally, I would just say, what would you, what would you do if God wasn't faithful? How would you, how would you live? What, there are many today who don't give any consideration to God at all or to His faithfulness or to His love or to His compassion or to His mercy. They don't even think about uh, God or anything about God. How is it to live without knowing the faithfulness of God? Well, that's what we want to dig into here today and look at in God's Word. And I've chosen this from Paul because he's introducing this great theme of God's faithfulness in saving us. In just a few moments, we'll gather together at the table of the Lord and we'll take the elements and we'll rejoice in all that the Lord has done for us through the cross on which He suffered and died. His faithfulness in dying for us. I want you to see from verse number 9 this very important truth in three ways. So I've got three observations for you that come from this text. I'm about to sneeze. I'm not sick with any virus, but if I sneeze, please forgive me. I'm trying to do this without a mask so you can hear me. All right. Let me see if I can stop my nose from doing this. This is really embarrassing. Sorry. All right, good. If I pass out, then somebody come up here and revive me and I'll go back to work. Three things we want to see today. Number one, God is faithfully faithful. Can anybody say amen to that? God is faithfully faithful. Number two, God is faithfully faithful in saving sinners. That's some more good news. And another thing is God is faithfully faithful in giving, saving assurance to those who come to know Him as Lord and Savior. So think about this, first of all, in the first little phrase of verse 9. God is faithful. Now, Paul's been saying some wonderful things up here above this. He's been talking about this wonderful truth of how we're saved, and I'll, I'll point that out in just a moment, and how God assures us. But first, let's go back and talk about God is faithful. Let me just read you some verses that you've already heard. Many of you know these verses. God is abounding in loving kindness and truth. We, we've read uh, Exodus 34, 6 over and over. What did God say about Himself to Moses? He said, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, and faithful. Or true. The word truth or faithful, they're, they're the same word in the Hebrew language translated different ways. That's why some of your Bibles describe God in faithful love. Sometimes it's loving kindness, but it's faithful love. I want you to pause for a moment. Think about this about all of God's nature. Think about this about the character of God. He is faithfully compassionate. He is faithfully gracious. He is faithfully patient with us. He is faithfully 
He is faithfully loving toward us. He is faithfully merciful toward us. He is faithful and never leaves us. Uh, what do I read in Deuteronomy 31.6? Be strong and courageous. I say this to you today. Whatever your circumstance, be strong and courageous. Do not fear the fear or dread the dread of others. For the Lord God goes with you. He's faithfully present with you. Listen, He will not leave you nor forsake you. What did the Lord Jesus say just before He ascended to heaven? I am with you always. The Lord Jesus is with you through every storm, every trial, every joy, every victory. The Lord is with you. I am with you always. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. That's a sign. That's an evidence of His faithfulness to you and to me. Deuteronomy 7, 9. God is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and love to those who love Him. And what did we read in Lamentations 3 just a few weeks ago? Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness in any of the ways that we've described. God is a God who is faithful. That's why Paul says it. God is faithful. God is presently faithful. He is faithful to us all. When we can't count on anybody else, we can count on the faithfulness of God to us. When we have lost our own joy and hope and when we've gone back to sin and we're, we're disappointed in our own unfaithfulness, we can go to God who is faithful. God is faithful. If you don't hear anything else today from me, regardless of what you're going through in your life, remember this as you leave this place today. God is faithful. In fact, let's more powerful than the faithfulness of God in calling men and women and boys and girls to be saved. Being called by God. The word means to be invited by God. I've asked this church for all these many years that I've been here. I'm going to ask you again today this question. Where were you when God called you to be saved? If you're a Christian here today, where were you? When you heard the call of God, or oh, it may have come through the, the words of a preacher or through a teacher, or it may have come as you were just reading a, a Bible track or someone was telling you about Jesus, but out of the words they were saying about Jesus Christ, where were you when God called you out of darkness, called you out of your sin, called you out of your past? Where were you when God called you to Himself? When you heard the words of Jesus, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The call of God goes today, as it always has. God is faithful to continue to call sinners to be saved. Do you hear the call of God in your life? You see, it starts with calling. Look at Paul's words about calling in verses 1 and 2. Paul called as an apostle. Paul remembered the day walking on that road when he was about to go put Christian, Christians in jail and participate in the death of Christians who were following Jesus. He remembers the day when Jesus Christ called him out on the road to Damascus, Syria. He remembers the call of God. Paul never got over the call of God in his life that brought him out of darkness and turned him away from being a persecutor of the church to being perhaps the greatest of the apostles of the church. 
Paul called by, as an apostle by the will of God. But look at verse 2, to the church of God. Now for all of us here today, we're, we're reading this in the English language, but many know in this room that the word church is a very word that means to be called out. It's in a called out assembly. So you've gathered here in Dixon, Tennessee, gathering here, called out by God to gather in this place to worship. The church are the called out ones. He uses this play on words on calling. The called of God, which are at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. That is, called to be made holy. And then he says, saints by calling. I am holy. I am saved. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it all starts because of the faithfulness of God who called us to salvation. He calls me to be saved. He calls me to holiness of life. Look, he's now calling you, Christian, to learn how to live your life in holiness by what you say, what you say matters, what you think matters. Where you go, the things you do, you must learn to separate yourself from those things which are not right and, and godly in God's sight. You must be willing to say, I am one of those called by God. We're called to be saved. We're called to be holy. We're called to service with all those in every place, verse 2, who call on the name of the Lord. The called of God, call on God. This is the heart of what it means that it all starts with the faithfulness of God as He has given to us in being saved. What a, what a wonderful thing that we have, been, we have been saved by God's graciousness and He faithfully gives us grace. He sanctifies us. He makes us holy. But He also gives us spiritual gifts. Look at this in verses 5 and 7. In everything you were enriched in Him. This room is filled with people who are gifted people. If you're saved this morning, just like Paul spends a lot of time doing in the book of Corinthians, because this was such a gifted church, he describes the gifting of God to this people. He says, again, uh, verse number five, in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech and knowledge, your testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you are not lacking in any gift. Oh, the Blessings of the spiritual gifts God gives to you. You see, God is faithful to give you gifts so that you might serve the body of Christ. You say, oh, Pastor Mike, I, I can't do anything. If you're saved, you've been given spiritual gifts that you must put to use to help First Baptist Church to be a better group of people serving God. So it's a confirmation of God's faithfulness to us. God's giving us spiritual gifts is a confirmation of God's calling and His blessing in our life. He's faithful to give us these wonderful gifts and confirm them in us. So what have we learned? Number one, verse nine, God is faithful. Number two, God is faithful in saving sinners and gifting sinners. But then we have one other thing. God is faithful in giving assurance to saved sinners. Look at, again, verse number, verse number seven. You are lacking not in any gift, but here's the phrase, awaiting eagerly the, rev the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today, as you've come here this morning, with all of the things that you're looking forward to in your life, here's the question. Do you await, what are you waiting eagerly for today? Well, some of us are waiting eagerly for a birthday. 
Some of us are waiting eagerly for uh, some other event in our life. Some of us are waiting eagerly uh, to get older. All the boys and girls are saying, boy, I want to get older. And boys and girls, all of us old people are saying, boy, I want to get younger. You see, this is what we look forward to. Awaiting eagerly. What are you awaiting eagerly? What is there an eagerness in your life for? Are you waiting for these days to change? Are you waiting for some vaccine to come? Are you awaiting for some change in politicians? Good luck with that. Are you awaiting for, what are you waiting for eagerly in your life? What is it that you're awaiting? Well, you see the one who is called by God, who's called and is saved, who's called to holiness, who's called to service, is waiting eagerly and calling for the Lord to come again. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. We await eagerly the revelation of our Lord. You see, Jesus is coming again to this, this dreadful, sinful world. I want you to be reminded again today, friend, that the Lord is arranging things by even the days in which we live. These historic events that we live in are not accidental. God hasn't left and gone somewhere. God is faithfully at work changing and moving and directing history in order to prepare things for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. It is sooner now than it was yesterday. It's sooner now than it was last week. It's sooner now than it was a year ago. We are in the last of days and the last of hours. God is faithfully faithful. He is faithfully faithful in saving sinners. And He is faithfully faithful in giving assurance. Here's the assurance. Verse 9. He calls us into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, for just a moment, let me ask this question. If you're saved this morning, you should be enjoying something that is wonderfully sweet in your life. You should be enjoying a deep and growing, secure, wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, that's what it means to be faithfully called to salvation. It is joining me to fellowship with Jesus Christ. Do you know today fellowship with Jesus Christ? What did we say in our old hymn? He walks with me. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Do you have a sweet, growing, abiding, deepening relationship with Jesus Christ? I am His and He is mine. That's what the, that's what the maid said to her lover in Song of Solomon. I am His and He is mine. Is that true for you? Is it true for you today, my friend? Do you have a growing relationship with God? Or have somewhere along the way, have you walk a, walked away from God and your relationship with God is not what it used to be? It's fellowship that's filled with love. It's awaiting eagerly the revelation of the Lord, which, verse 8, He will confirm you blameless until the end. You see, this is the assurance. God's going to be with me till the end. Either in my death... Or the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the call of God is to salvation, to holiness, to service. But it's also a call to heaven. One day the midnight cry comes. 
One day the call of God comes. The call of God, the trump will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then all of us who are left alive and remain will be caught up together with the Lord. We will all be together with the Lord in the air. There's a final calling. It is our call to heaven. It is our call to be with Jesus at His final return to this earth. Oh, the glory of being raptured from this place and being delivered out of this place so that things come in order in order for Jesus to come again. So God is faithfully faithful. He's faithfully faithful in saving us. He's faithfully faithful in assuring us. And there it was in verse 8, confirming us to the end. You see, the Lord's working on you whether you like it or not. Do you know that? He's working on you whether you like it or not. So you woke up yesterday and you said, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? It's a good prayer question, but you know the answer because the Lord is seeking to make you more like Jesus. And you know what? You need the trouble you're in in order to be more like Jesus. You need the trouble you're in to make you more like Jesus. Well, maybe I would like to trade, Pastor, with somebody, but that's not your job to trade. The Lord knows exactly what you need so that you might be more like Jesus. So what do we have here today to remember, my dear friends, this morning? I try to do this with you to try to make some application. This was my frustration in preparing this. I could have spent weeks and weeks on this. In fact, I could have gone through these seven principles one week at a time, but I decided today you get the whole roll of hay. You get the whole thing today and you can do with it what you want. I want to encourage you about God's faithfulness. I'll read these lines quickly. If some of you note things, you might want to write them down. You can look them up on your own, but here they are. Here's the good news of God's faithfulness. Number one, God is faithful to keep His promises. Hebrews 10, 23. He who promised is faithful. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that the promise of God is reliable? The one who makes the promise is the one who is absolutely, eternally, permanently faithful. So when you pick up God's Word and you see the promises that are given to you for salvation, for forgiveness, for freedom in Christ, for serving God, you can count on those promises. Number two, God is faithful to save sinners. That's what I've been talking about here, 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is also faithful to protect and provide a way of escape from temptation. Listen to these words. You know them, 1 Corinthians 10.13, God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? But with the temptation, He will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's what God does. He is faithful, faithful to protect and provide escape from temptation. God is faithful also to make us like Jesus. Let me read to you 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Paul says now to the Thessalonians, May the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the phrase. Are you listening? Here it is. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. Faithful is He that calls you, and faithful is He because He will bring it to pass. What God says He will do in your life to make you like Jesus, He will finish. God is faithful to protect His people from the evil ones. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3. But the Lord is faithful. 
He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. What did the Lord Jesus teach us to pray? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And God is faithful to deliver us in the midst of an evil world from evil. God is faithful to forgive our confessed sins. We quote this verse all the time, but don't run past it as you quote it without remembering the word faithful in it. What does it say? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us. You see, God in His faithfulness is just and He will forgive those who confess their sin. And finally, what can we say as we now get ready to approach the table of the Lord? About the faithfulness of our Lord Jesus Christ. What can we say? How can we ever describe in words, my dear friends, the absolute faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ every single day of His earthly life? We read in Hebrews 2.17, Hebrews reminds us, the book of Hebrews reminds us of why the Lord had to come and become one of us. Why did the Lord have to become a human, fully human as well as fully God? Well, He had to be made like His brethren, like us, in all things. So that He might become what He is now. Ascended to heaven. You know what the Lord Jesus is alive today? Steve led us in singing these glorious songs to remind us that the Lord is alive. He is alive, ascended, resurrected, ascended, and seated in heaven as our great King, High Priest. And what do we read here? He did all of this. He became like us so that He might be a merciful, listen, and faithful High Priest. He is faithful to you and to me. He is faithful to us in that He became the payment for our sins. So what do we do, my dear friends, as we leave today? What must we do? Well, we must endure our trials because God is faithful to us as He promised even in the midst of our troubles. So to my friends listening, many of you, we've talked by phone. I know these are hard days. I know they're trouble sometimes. I know you wish you were here with these who are gathered. But God is faithful to you. He will be faithful to you. He is there with you. He will not leave you. For those who are enduring sickness and trouble and some of our dear people who are enduring great grief and the loss of a loved one, even today, remember to endure in your trials. Look to God's faithfulness. Look to God's faithfulness. Now, praise God for His faithfulness. When you leave this place, maybe that's what you ought to sit in the car and do, mom and dad, with your kids. Let's all go around and talk about how God's been faithful. Let's talk about how God has been faithful to our family. And let your children hear from you, mom and dad, some of the stories of how God has been faithful to your family. They need to hear those stories from you. They need to hear you tell them things that they don't even understand or they've never seen, they were too young to know, they need to, they need to hear you testify to the great faithfulness of God. Also, think about the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I've mentioned, and trust God to be faithful to you as you trust in Him. I can trust God because God is permanently faithful and reliable. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words today and we thank you for what Paul says to us. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord.